Hey, I'm Callie Pierce, a multi-passionate creative entrepreneur, coach, RTT hypnotherapist, and healer from way back before it was cool. It's my mission here to help share what I've learned on my own journey to inspire, entertain you, and help you to focus to create authentically, monetize your work strategically, and find your flow because this world needs more of what you have to offer. Are you ready? Good. Let's go to the show. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Liberate Your Soul. I am super excited about this episode. We talked about emotions and processing emotions in episode 134, and the title of that one, I was guided to place intangibles in front of it. And now I know why, because today I want to talk to you about another intangible resource that affects every area of your life, your attitude. How you think and feel and perceive events around you determine what is going to happen with your life, everything from your health, your success as a professional, your success in your personal relationships can be determined by your attitude about them. So what is an attitude anyways? No, it's not just a word reserved for the teenager, how they react to being told to do their chores, like quit throwing me attitude but that is a negative attitude. An attitude is the way a person thinks or feels about a specific person, place, action, or experience. It combines factors like beliefs, opinions, moods, emotions, all of those things together to create a thought about what is happening or what is. Why is it important to have a positive attitude? Well, when positive thoughts are generated, when you're feeling happy or optimistic, then you will have a decrease in the cortisol level, which cortisol happens when you're under stress, and your brain will actually produce serotonin, creating a feeling of well-being. When serotonin levels are normal, then you feel happy, calmer, less anxious, more focused, and more emotionally stable. I'm going to tell you a little story, something that I heard a long time ago, and it's so cute, and it's going to show you the difference between positive and negative attitudes and how we can use the tool of reframing to benefit our thought processes. So the story goes something like, there was these two brothers, one of them's an optimist and one of them's a pessimist. Their dad had been really concerned over the pessimism of the boy that was always negative, and he decided to try an experiment at Christmas. He wanted to show him what was possible. So the boy who was an optimist wanted a pony, and the pessimist wanted a gold watch. So the night before, the dad put a beautiful gold watch in the one boy's stocking and a horseshoe in the other. He hid out next morning and was watching what happened. So the little negative pessimistic boy came in, took the watch out and said, looks like a gold watch, but I know it's not. It must be brass. I bet the inner workings aren't even any good anyways. The little boy who was a positive focused little boy saw that he had the one horseshoe and he laughingly said, Oh my gosh, Santa brought me a pony, but he got away. 
Now, the little boy's optimism did not bring about a pony. He couldn't um, will it there, but it saved the reputation of Santa Claus and it allowed him to feel so much happier than having a gold watch did to the little pessimistic boy. Attitude influences everything. Literally every thought you have creates a chemical in the brain, whether it's one that produces more serotonin or dopamine or any of those feel-good hormones, the neuron, synapse, all that process, it totally happens every single time you think something. And if you have a generally positive outlook in life, the chemicals that are produced are going to give you those happy feelings. If you think negatively about things, you're going to experience totally different feelings. You're going to actually slow down your brain coordination, make it harder to solve problems, harder to find creative solutions, and make it even harder for you to process your thoughts in the first place. Having a negative attitude impacts the temporal lobe part of the brain, the part that actually feels fear, and it affects your mood, it affects your memory, and it affects your impulse control. We've all seen people in a negative spiral in their life, frantically grasping at things that they think are going to make them feel better and making impulsive decisions that just continue to take them down, down, down into a place that they would never want to be. We all have choices in life on how we're going to look at things and how we look at things formulates our attitude, our belief system, what happens to us in our life. There's another cute story I want to tell you about, about a very old lady who looked in the mirror one morning. She had three remaining hairs on her head and being a positive soul, she said, I think I'll braid my hair today. So she braided her three hairs and she had a great day. A few days later, she looks in the mirror again and she's getting ready and she saw that she only had two hairs remaining. She was like, hmm, two hairs. I guess I'll part my hair today. So she parted her hair and she had a great day. A week or so later, she saw that she had just one hair left on her head. One hair, huh? I know, a ponytail will be perfect. And again, she had a great day. The next morning, she looked in the mirror. She was completely bald. Finally bald, huh? She said to herself, how wonderful. I won't have to waste time doing my hair anymore. Poor lady. I just think about this old lady, how she's, you know, three hairs on her head. She had to be ancient and it's just a cute story and it demonstrates how we can look at things. Now I've spoken before about mantras and one of my favorite mantras is you usually get what you expect and I expect the best. This is something that I deeply believe, and it often surprises people when things work out well for me, even when they get kind of dicey in the middle. I have to credit it to my attitude at the outset because it's always expecting the best, the best of me, the best of other people, the best of whatever being that I'm working with. I expect the best, and the outcome is usually great. It's because of my attitude, my own set of beliefs, opinions, and the baseline mood I'm in most of the time. I can totally picture myself as being that old lady like, oh, I guess I'll break it. (laughs) But all of these things compute into good things happening. Even when no one else thinks something can work, I know there's nothing that is impossible. 
The word itself says I'm possible. And when I am involved in something, I choose to see the good. Now, I'm not just living a Pollyanna type of life. I allow myself to see where things stand realistically and then imagine the best possible scenario happening. Absolutely, I have doubts and fears creep into my mind from time to time, and there's times when I need to look for reassurance from people in my life when my mind wants to play tricks on me. But almost always, it's just the negative bias that I grew up with, and it's trying to sneak in and tell me all the the negative things that could happen and the worst case scenario, all that kind of stuff. And usually I'll know that I need to check my attitude, check my thoughts about something. I ask my husband, I ask my coach or my friends, and they'll just laugh at me and tell me I'm having silly imaginings. Visualization is a fantastic tool to allow for good outcomes, but how can you train your brain to increase your positive attitude and in effect, have a better outcome. I'm going to share with you a step-by-step hour by hour thing to practice so that you can train your brain. Segment intending is the exercise that I want to share with you. And I discovered it from the book ask, and it is given by Esther Hicks, but it is such a great tool to use. It's the process where you define your intentions for the segment of your day that you're moving into. It's a way of pre-paving your outcomes and focusing your energy on what it is that you want to achieve or expect or want as an outcome. Something that's an indicator about whether you're going into a situation positively or negatively can be how much you protect yourself from negative outcomes. For instance, marriage. Nobody goes into getting engaged thinking about the divorce attorney and dividing up property. Some people do though. That's why people put up prenuptial agreements. They're already thinking that forever I do is a lie and making plans for a negative outcome. The same can be said for just about anything that you endeavor to do. If you go into it with a contingency plan or the thought that it might fail, maybe you think I'm going to go up on stage and what if I fall? You're just setting yourself up for doubt. You subconsciously won't try as hard if you have a contingency or backup plan. If you know or believe that something is going to work, then you have the expectation for things to work out and you more easily push the doubts and fears out of your head because you have that reassurance and confidence. What we focus on tends to grow. If you put your energy into something, it's going to have more of an impact. We can look at an example of like your day just your regular day. Maybe your big focus in this season of your life is your kids, or maybe you're thinking about the new vehicle that you just bought, or it could be you want to feel close with your partner. Using the example of your kids, you know that when they get home from school, you're going to help them with their homework, give them nutritious food, pay attention when they're telling stories, and encourage their imagination. The more attention you give your kids, the better supported they will be and the better outcome will happen in their lives. They'll be well-adjusted, nourished, and have good self-esteem. If your focus is on your vehicle, then you're probably going to have a higher level of concern when traffic threatens to crunch into it. You're probably always paying attention when you need an oil change and when the gas tank gets low. You need to fill it up sooner than risk running on fumes. It's strange kind of to think about spirituality and 
all the positive things, but this area of life, making sure it's taken care of has been important for me being the daughter of an auto mechanic and growing up in the garage. My dad always said a car is a machine. And if you take care of machines, they will take care of you. If you want to feel close and connect with your partner, you might plan a romantic dinner, take their car out and fill up that gas tank. Tell them that you appreciate them or give them a compliment, get them some flowers or a little gift, hold their hand when you're walking, and generally have positive feelings and a good attitude toward them. The first step in changing your attitude for the better is examining your beliefs so that you can be more aligned with better outcomes. Watching your words is something that's so basic, but I hear people say different things all the time that do not align with the outcome that they wish to have. I hear people say things like, this job is killing me, or why does this always happen to me? As soon as I get paid or get more money from somewhere, something comes up an expense, I have to spend it. Everybody wants all my money. They're just trying to get one over on me. None of these statements are helpful. Equally, if you're always saying things like, I never get ahead in life, all the good ones are taken, I just have bad luck, these things can sabotage you. They're mental garbage that cause those negative chemicals, those negative things to release in your brain. So back to segment intending, let's look at how that can work. You want to use this process when you want your influence to dominate what happens during a segment of your day, when you recognize the potential of something not going quite right and you want to make sure it goes the way that you want, when time or money or connection is important to you and you want to make the most of it. So from the book, Ask and It Is Given, segment intending is helpful to begin with a fresh, less powerful thought and then focus upon it and cause it to expand, not try to change an already expanded powerful thought. In other words, it is easier to create an improved future experience than it is to change a current existing experience. So this might not work as well if you're going through a physical condition that has your attention. Your thought through your attention to your current condition is projecting it onto your future experience. And this is something that is helpful for me to revisit too, because I've recently had some back pain, but by focusing on a different future experience, you are now activating that different experience. And as you project that changed experience into your future, you leave your current experience behind. So I might think about when I can do yoga without having massive pain or going for a jog and not having a problem even getting out of bed or, you know, putting a towel on my hair after a shower without pain. I want to focus on this. And that is the power of the process of segment intending. It's the process where you define the vibrational characteristics of the time segment you're moving into. It's a way of pre-paving your vibrational path, so to speak, for easier and more enjoyable travel. I just love that. So cute. It says that With segment intending, you should already be in a good mood. So if you're feeling bad in this moment, you're going to want to do something else, but it's for when you're in a good mood and it helps you become more deliberate about focusing your thoughts. 
It helps you become more aware of where your thoughts currently are, and it will help you be able to more deliberately choose the thoughts that you offer. In time, it will feel very natural for you to stop for a moment upon entering a new segment and direct your own intent or expectation. You enter a new segment anytime your intentions change. If you're washing dishes and the telephone rings, you enter a new segment. When you get into your vehicle, you enter a new segment. When another person walks into the room, you enter a new segment. If you take the time to get your thought of expectation started even before you're inside that new segment, you will be able to set the tone of the segment more specifically than if you walk into the segment and begin to observe it as it already is. Let's look for ways that you can use segment intending. Maybe you have an event that's coming up and you're thinking, this is going to be a really boring event. That's not such a positive thought. So you can tell yourself, I'm going to do the best that I can to gain something from this event. Your intention could be, I intend to socialize with at least three new people. I'm going to learn something from the speakers and I'm going to have a great time. My intention as I go to this event is to feel great. If you're looking at a weekend with the family, we've got the holidays coming up. We can use segment intending to help you have a better time. You might think, oh gosh, another weekend with the family. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, segment intending is perfect. You haven't gotten there yet and you can segment intend everything from the first greeting and the first time that you spend with them. You can say, I intend to feel the warmth from every hug. I intend to feel appreciation for the feelings of familiarity with these people who share my family lineage. I'm going to listen intently to the things going on in their lives and share what feels good to me. I'm going to enjoy my surroundings and eat food that makes me feel really nostalgic. Setting the tone really can help anywhere and everywhere. It not only helps in the moment, but in the long term as well. You can make goals and intend for a great outcome and segment each day, each portion of each day, as it comes with that goal in your subconscious mind. So I'm going to give you an example of something that happened to me early on in my career and how I was able to deal with things. (laughs) I had kind of a bad attitude for a little bit, and I want to share with you how I got over it then versus maybe how I would handle it now. So it was probably the best piece of advice that I received from someone in the corporate world at the time. And he was quite a bit older than me, really, really senior executive. And at the time I had been passed over for promotion for yet another year. And I had been at this company for many years already and worked my way up. I'd taken classes, gotten certifications, even gone to seminars over the years. And I was told that I was surely going to get a promotion that year. Well, I didn't get it for whatever reason. And somebody said to me, they weren't giving out promotions that year because we were just coming out of that recession. And despite all of that, I was still really upset and I got pissed. I was angry. My hard work was overlooked and dismissed for another year. The recession didn't mean jack to me, like I had already forked over more money to take more classes, and I had taken on more than double the workload of my colleagues for that whole year and did it without complaint. And it wasn't the first year that that had happened. It had been years of hard work. 
Well, this executive knew that I was upset. And even though he worked across the whole country, one time when he was in person, he pulled me aside and he told me that this was the best advice that he had ever gotten from someone when he was early in his career. And it was whatever anger or frustration I was feeling to just channel it into my work. Even though it seemed counterintuitive because I had been working so hard without the reward that was expected, the angrier I got to just put it into my work and continue to just let the outcome be what it may. Just don't even think about it. So I did. I just let my anger move through me as I continued to give and be the best that I could be. I was thinking just, you know, anytime I got angry, I was like, remembering those words, just put it into your work. Just let your anger just come out in the best work that you can do. I think it was another two years before I got that promotion, but even without the title, I was completely respected. I was trusted with the most important and prestigious things, and I felt so much better. I knew that the people around me could see and value me, and I knew that I valued myself. I was no longer angry, but driven, focused, completely consumed with just making it happen. And unfortunately, it did turn me into like a major workaholic for like a decade. So the me today does not recommend to you just channeling your anger into hard work when you're feeling slighted. I know that processing emotions is fully required to live a healthy, satisfying life. And looking back at this gentleman, I don't think that he fully had the rewarding internal feelings of satisfaction and self-realization that he could. In fact, I think he was a bit of a workaholic and just really kept that all-consuming fire going to his work, but he did have a good attitude and it helped him. And my attitude back then equalized back to what it always had been. And along the way, I have learned so much more. One of the things that I did back then was I had written out the new job title on a piece of paper with a bunch of other goals that I wanted to reach. And I had given myself a time frame. I wrote the date that I wanted it to be done by. And within the year after doing that, that was when I got the promotion. I had intended to not have to be angry any longer, although there were plenty of opportunities for me to feel slighted, frustrated, and overworked. I intended to enjoy my life back then, and I remember my mantra was work hard, play hard, and boy did I live it. But now I have tools like segment intending, habits that set me up for a peaceful day with quiet time in the morning. I use more positive language and affirm to myself and others in my life what I wish to see, feel, and experience. And by being positive and creating these positive chemicals in my brain, I'm able to practice metacognition, which is the process of thinking about what I'm thinking about, noticing the thoughts that are helpful or hindering, and changing those ones. Awareness is such a powerful and overlooked part of attitude because sometimes we aren't even aware of what we're really thinking or believing or feeling. So if you want to learn more about awareness, go back to episodes 127 and 131, where I share with you the power of it and how to cultivate it. One last note about attitude. The people around you impact your attitude more than you think. If you're surrounded by negativity, gossip, people who you don't feel you can trust, 
do yourself a favor and try to limit the time you spend in those environments. I offer some great advice about this in my book, Lightworker to Light Warrior. If you want to supercharge and up-level your mindset and attitude, I highly recommend getting it. It's a weekly devotional and a monthly activity that is designed to uplift and help you on this journey to becoming a more fully realized spiritual individual. It's available on Barnes and Noble, and you might be like, oh my gosh, really about scripture? What is this about? But I really wrote it for anyone, whether you believe in the power of the Bible or not, it is a powerful mindset book and it will help you develop a better sense of who you are and who you're meant to be in this life. So I'll put a link down in the show notes as always. If you get the book and you want to chat with the author, give me a shout out to info at quantumhighways.com. That's my email address and we'll talk. I have a request for you. Will you help get this podcast out to more people? Maybe there's someone in your life who you feel could benefit from some of the tools, the tips, and the funny little stories that I tell on here, and I'd love it if you would share it with them. You can long press on the episode and send the link out, or give me a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps the reach to get out to more folks like you, and I love to consider brightening someone's day. Thank you so much for listening, for your pursuit of soul liberation, and just for being you. Until next time, take care. Take care.